0: Hello and welcome to the podcast of The Lotus Eaters, episode 672 on today, Friday the 9th of June 2023. I'm your host Connor, joined once again by Carl. Hello. And today we're discussing Is Mel Gibson making a new movie, hopefully with slightly less profanity than his phone calls, gender affirming care being banned in many places, so in the words of Ashtar Sarkar, we're winning lads, mm. and the UK's floating migrant hotels, which we're all going to be paying for. I just hate it. Yeah.
1: Yet again, we're going to talk about how the government is screwing us.
0: Just Sorry, every folks. We've got to do it. We've
1: got to do it. Cause if we don't, no one's gonna. So, jump into it, I suppose. Yeah, I guess we'll jump into it. So, there's a question that, that there's a spectre that haunts the internet, and that spectre is the question: Is Mel Gibson making a movie?
0: Right. And when we'll, was the last I, time he made
1: one? Not that long ago, actually. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but when I was researching the segment, he did release one r- relatively recently. Um, but it obviously gets no coverage, and, you know, because he's uh, pretty much persona non grata at this point, for reasons that we'll explore. Um, but uh, the internet really wants Mel Gibson to make movies, certain movies about certain subjects. And so there's a lot of um, wishful thinking, shall we say, on their part.
0: Right. Uh,
1: about the movies that he will be making. And this this is something of a fact check on these things. Um, so we'll get into it. But before we begin, if you want to support us, go and watch our podcast on They Live. I did a, an hour-long breakdown with Callum, probably more than an hour actually, a long breakdown with Callum about the politics and philosophy of the famous film They Live. I absolutely love this film, and I think Mel Gibson may be trapped in this slightly, actually. This is why I've brought this up, because <laughs> I think he's got some glasses on that are showing him the world. In all sorts of ways, um, and in fact, we'll we'll get onto it then. So there are a lot of quotes from Mel Gibson, apparently from Mel Gibson, like this one. Now, this one is uh, possibly true. Like I couldn't find a source for this, and there are lots of uh, quotes. Now, this is this is one of the lesser quotes that are going around, right? right? So. This, this quote says, It's an open secret in Hollywood. These people have their own religious and spiritual teachings and their own social and moral frameworks. They have their sacred texts. They are sick, believe me, and they couldn't be more at odds with what America stands for. Now, that's not the worst quote that's been attributed to Mel Gibson.
0: No. If, if it were not coming with any of the other... Baggage that he has been accused of before. I, I think I'm, he.
1: I think he. I think a lot of it's true. Okay. Well, well. Yeah. If if if
0: you were to say this regarding Hollywood being run by a bunch of yeah. Satanists, then that would be that would be totally non-controversial. However, mm. that's. I don't think that's religion. He's talking about. Therefore. That's the contention. And it's
1: certainly not the limit of what he's been saying about these things. Right. Uh, Because, I mean, now this actually does sound like something Mel Gibson would have said, although in this particular case, I couldn't find a source for this. I couldn't find an actual authentic um, place where, you know, he'd either said it on video or it had been in an interview or whatever. I couldn't find anything. But it does sound very much like the sort of thing he'd say. Uh, And I'll, I'll play a couple of clips that have been resurfacing recently to show you that this is definitely something... I mean, if, it, if he didn't say this, it's not an inaccurate summary of his thoughts is what I think is the most charitable way of saying this. Let's play the first clip. Because he's famously not a fan of
2: Hollywood. When I came over here, I was, oh God, I was in my, my uh, mid-twenties. Right. The first time I really came over here. You know, I had a whole bunch of weird paranoid suspicions about what the hell was going on because there was a lot of stuff I couldn't understand. Right. Um, and nobody was really bothering to explain it to me. They don't, <clears throat> and it, 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 and I formed a bunch of opinions about the town and about the people in it that were like, surely that couldn't be, because a whole place can't be like you know weird town you know where the stranger wanders in and and all the people are in the bar and they all shut up when he looks at him and mm-hmm. and. and they tell you don't go out of the house on the hill, and it's like that. Mm-hmm. And then you go away and you think, no, that's, I was wrong, I mean, that's insane thinking, I'm paranoid, I imagined that stuff. That couldn't be the reason for why so-and-so was acting like, could it? Mm-hmm. And then you find out later on the track that you are exactly on track mm-hmm. with a lot of this stuff, not specifically on no, track, no. but that you could, uh, that some of your worst nightmares were real at the time, and you think, <gasps> mm-hmm.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Hollywood looks gross from the outside.
0: Right? Yes, and, and-, and this is something that Harry and I discussed in our coverage of Mulholland Drive. And mm. by I say our coverage, I mean Harry patiently explaining to me, who was very confused about the nonsensical plot of that film, what it really meant. And if he were alluding to, for example, the casting couch as practice, as David Lynch was hinting at back in the early 2000s. Well, as
1: Harvey Weinstein famously showed exists.
0: Yes. So if he was alluding to the fact that there is a conspiracy of silence around exploitation, Mm. then he would be bang on about the sordid nature of Hollywood and you as an outsider coming in there and and objecting to that, being looked at as the only stranger in a bar in a Western saloon. Mm. Again... I'm not that familiar with Mel Gibson's career, aside from a couple of movie appearances. I'm going to assume that he wasn't referring to that.
1: Well, that clip is clearly decades old. Um, The place the poster said it was from the 90s. I haven't been able to verify it, but it's it's clearly him giving his opinion on Hollywood. And, I mean, back then... It would have been an open secret in Hollywood that the casting couch existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have lots and lots and lots of former child actors coming out and saying, Well, I was surrounded by predators, actually. Corey Feldman specifically. And Elijah Wood mm. have both said this. And so it seems that actually Mel Gibson is speaking to something about Hollywood that was real and is true, that there was a kind of. Disgusting was, I say, "quote unquote."
0: Likely still is, of course.
1: A disgusting and corrupt culture of exploitation, as you say. And this is from a later interview, where you can see that he's crystallised his thoughts on it somewhat. Right, that's much.
2: Got full of the whole industry. I mean, it's a very strange place, Holly Weirdwood, <laughs> um, but it's um, it's an odd place. And you, you imagine all these horror stories there that you think, boy, it seems as if I'm being sacrificed over here. No, that couldn't be true. And then uh, you realize that it is true. And, and you have to, I just left for a while and um, took a couple of years off, bought a place down in Australia and started digging holes and putting up fences and birthing cattle and all this kind of stuff. And it was, it was fun, you know, it was fun. It was, it was great and it was a good breather, you know. yeah. And then, of course, the, the, the combat, what a combat, lethal weapon. Yeah. You know, it wasn't bad, was it? Yeah, it was it, all right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, he's a, 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 apparently he's a spiritual man. Right? Apparently he's He a, did make Passion of the Christ. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so for him to say you're being sacrificed seems to be an allusion to some kind of Satanism or
0: mm-hmm. something like that
1: in Hollywood. And, I mean, we've seen the Met Gala...
0: Yes. <laughs> We've seen... We actually got suspended because we criticised Sam Smith's choice of attire at the Grammys.
1: Yeah, we did get a strike for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So, I think there is something funny going on
1: in Hollywood. Observably so. And I think that Mel Gibson has observed that thing, and he has made the mistake of speaking publicly about it. Um, and so, from this, people start ascribing the most hardcore forms of conspiracy theory, to Mel Gibson. Uh, you'll see this. Uh, there are quotes in here that are, as far as I can tell, not Mel Gibson quotes. Uh, quote, Hollywood is drenched in innocent children's blood. I was introduced to these practices in the early 2000s and was threatened with serious repercussions should I ever speak out. And I don't just mean my career, my life was threatened, my family's life would be in danger, I can only talk about it now as those people, those industry executives, they're all dead now. They see the blood of a sexually abused infant as the ultimate prize and say that it's highly enriched. Um, Pretty radical conspiracy theory there. Yes. Uh, Hollywood elites kill innocent children and drink their blood, uh, which is a popular conspiracy in QAnon circles. Now, I looked around for the source of this particular quote. Like with the other one, I couldn't find anything. And I could find uh, a spokesperson for Mel Gibson saying, no, this he had never said or written such a statement or anything similar. Okay. So categorically denied by Mel Gibson and the people who represent him. Uh, and the thing is, Mel Gibson has said a lot of things. A lot of things. Right. And so it's understandable why people would attribute these quotes to Mel Gibson in the li- in the absence of any actual evidence of them and take it as a kind of extrapolation as what they think he
0: believes? The only thing I'm familiar with Mel Gibson having said before, so excuse my ignorance, was one, the famous phone call of him screaming at his ex-wife, yeah, and two, some long-running jokes about anti-Semitism, but I don't know exactly what he said.
1: Well, if we go to the next one... There are a few things that Mel Gibson I said
0: that, I shouldn't laugh, but that that was quite good timing.
1: It is. It is kind of funny, to be honest. Um, so if you scroll down, this John, uh, you'll you'll see that initially uh, it's people saying that he has said things, right? Right, and okay. Now I'm I'm personally not bothered about the hearsay. Oh, didn't course, he say
0: something about Winona Ryder? I yep, don't...
1: yep. Uh, and she she says that uh, he had. Uh, said various things uh,
0: that, okay. that
1: were I considered to be anti-semitic something Semitic. now yeah and uh, the the most uh, damning one that we can confirm seems to be in July 2006 right. when he was drunk and got arrested in LA uh quote after informing gibson who was drunk that we he would be detained the actor says effing uh, jews the Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. And then he asked the police officer who was arresting him, are you a Jew? And he happened to be a Jew.
0: Right. So he's he's got something in common with Seth Rogen going around asking for...
1: Are you a Jew? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's... It's, it's, it's pretty weird, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, and it,
1: there are other things after this, but this is... So in the light of that, it becomes less unrealistic that in private, he may have been ranting and raving about Jews. Right, right. Uh, Now, after this, uh, Gibson's publicist uh, issued a statement to the New York Times uh, saying, Gibson says, quote, I acted like a person completely out of control when I was arrested. I said things that I do not believe to be true, which are despicable. I am deeply ashamed of everything I've said, and I apologise to anyone I may have offended.
0: So, sure. Apology accepted. Done. And you can keep scrolling down this, just uh, for a minute, John, because this does go on for quite a long time. This is what I'm saying of, of Drunk yeah. drunk words are often sober thoughts. Yeah. I, I don't wish to defame Mr. Gibson's character because I don't yeah. know him, but there is a record here that would look very bad to the Anti-Defamation League.
1: Yeah, the ADL are not fans of Bill Gibson. Probably don't spend a lot of money on his films. Um, probably actively trying to stop him from making new movies.
0: He's not going to Jonathan Greenblatt's birthday party.
1: Not this year. Um, but the internet does think that he's making a movie about the Rothschilds, Oh, dear. Who better to direct, eh? Who would be more fair and charitable?
0: Look, <laughs> it's rare that I'm worried about saying something cancelable. I'm going to take the Jose Mourinho rule here of I prefer not to speak in case I am in big trouble.
1: Yes. Um, well, this is the thing, isn't it? Um, again, there are, there are elements of the internet who are anti-Semitic. And so a rumour begins that... Um, Famous anti-Semite Mel Gibson will be directing a movie about the Rothschild family, and this became news. Um, Turns out this is not true. Uh. So a tweet posted on the 3rd of January uh, included a message which claimed Mel Gibson is directing a film about the Rothschild family and hitting the New World Order. So it's kind of peak boomer conspiracism.
0: Right. So Kanye West was breaking by the phone for a callback. Basically, yes.
1: Right. Uh, the the claim, however, that Gibson is directing a film about the families without merit, according to the person who's apparently making the film. Okay. Um, the In 2019, reports emerged that Mel Gibson and Shia LaBeouf. Why Shia LaBeouf?
0: So Shia LaBeouf's had a very weird few years. So he did Isn't, the he will not divide us thing yeah. with Trump and got driven mad by 4chan. Yeah. Then Sia decided to accuse him of touching her up. And then he had a mental breakdown and converted to being a dogmatic Catholic. Right.
1: Okay, maybe it's not so unrealistic
0: that it would be him then. Possibly not.
1: Um, but uh, it was uh, described... By the, the film Rothschild, they were supposed to star in, was described by Variety as, quote, a dark comedy about the New York super-rich. And uh, this went down well with, uh, well, one Jewish group, The Campaign Against Anti-Semitism, which said, Mel Gibson's vile, racist comments about Jews make his casting in this role utterly abhorrent. Um,
0: yeah. Mm. So... Yes. Uh, I will phrase this very carefully. His history of anti-Semitism may mar his ability to create a film which is palatable to modern audiences. However, if, if that were not the case, and he were, he were just purely focusing on child exploitation, there could be the oh, angle... this film
1: isn't about child exploitation. No, no, no. But this is but... about the Rothschild family.
0: Well, um, are you aware that one of Epstein's we're... most recent financiers was one of the Rothschild heiresses. So there is a critique of one of the modern Rothschilds which could go down that avenue, but perhaps Mel Gibson might not have been the best person to make that nuance.
1: <laughs> yes, point. of all the people to get to do that film. Wouldn't have been my first pick. No. no. Uh, and accord, according, <laughs> according to uh, Gibson's publicist, again, this long-suffering Alan Neorob, who has to keep putting out these statements... I think that is a Jewish name as
0: well. I, 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 I did think that, yeah.
1: He told the Daily Beast in 2019 that the film was completely unrelated to the Rothschilds. I'm told this film was about a fictional family, hence the name Rothschild. What? Why didn't you choose a fictional name? That's right.
2: <laughs> I'm um, not,
1: not the Rothschild family to which you're referring. <laughs> completely unrelated to your premise and angle. Charitably. <laughs> what? That was a... Uh, Who's going to
0: buy that? Perhaps a poor selection?
1: Why would you have told all the names? Why not Smith or Jones?
0: But
1: yeah. But uh, in an email to Newsweek, Nirob said his client would not be directing nor was intended to direct a film or any upcoming films about the Rothschilds, uh, including that while Gibson was initi initially offered a role, uh, it would if it were to be made, it would not include Mr. Gibson. So it sounds like someone had some words behind the scenes saying, um, "Right, you do know who Mel Gibson is, right?" <laughs> And, uh, and so Nirob came out and was like, yeah, no, it won't be him, actually. Um, he will not be directing, nor has ever intended to direct the film, and he will not be present uh, present in it. Um, so that was just one from a couple of years ago that I thought was amusing. That Why would this... I mean, the thing is, it seems, because it was... Um, was it the New York Times? No, Daily uh, Daily Beast and... It was the New York Times. Uh, sorry, it was the Times. It uh, was reporting on this. And so it sounds like it was something that started happening and then people started hearing that it was happening. They're like we're not going to let Mel Gibson make a movie about the Rothschilds are we? It's going to be wild. Mm. And then it stopped happening. Right. right? So I have no idea what that means. I'm not going to draw any inferences from it. I'm just going to say that that's something that apparently happened. Anyway, recently the reason I started thinking about Mel Gibson is because um, Elon Musk replied to uh, a blatantly anti-Semitic tweet about Mel Gibson. Do you want to? Do you want to see the tweet? Okay, what what was it? Scroll down a little bit. Uh, why do Adrenochrome? Uh, you can do Adrenochrome, or you can hate the Jays. Which way, Western man?
0: With a picture of a oh, very buff-looking Mel Gibson. Dear, and what was Elon's response? "Quote: Gibson is really that buff these days." That was possibly ill advice, yeah, he got in a lot of trouble for that.
1: yeah, I think he ended up deleting that tweet as well. Um, for reasons I think everyone can understand. yeah, uh, but the the reason that I think Mel Gibson has been uh, trending recently, and he has been trending <laughs> is that apparently he's making a documentary about child trafficking in Ukraine. Oh, right, that's interesting
0: uh, yeah we, we've we've actually covered that a little bit before because there is, as part of the surrogacy industry a large trade where women are impregnated and then give birth and ship the babies overseas to rich liberal women who don't want to stretch out their figure in order to have children and when the ukraine war broke out there are now de facto orphanages of these kids who've just been abandoned because they couldn't meet their quotas so so that's something that's worth criticizing
1: well the founder of Hour is a, which hour is a non-profit, uh, Tim Ballard, suggested in January this year that Gibson was involved in an upcoming four-part docuseries talking about child trafficking out of Ukraine. Um, Ballard said, uh, he was spoke, speaking at a conference in Utah in January, and he said, quote, Mel, you've got to help me, this is going to be expensive, I won't ask you for a direct donation, but can you help me film this? Let's film what is happening so we can get people to understand so they can support us. And if you can go to the next one quickly, uh, he said this on stage, this is the this is the conference uh, where he says this. Um, but, uh, again, he just says it. There's no evidence of it. And if we go back to the article, um, the question is, well, what is, has what is Mel Gibson himself said about this? Uh, nothing. Uh, the reports of him taking part in this haven't been confirmed, uh, and there's just nothing to it. Although the movie will apparently star Jim Caviezel, who was uh, the Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. Right. And a friend of Mel Gibson. And uh, Carrie Lake tweeted about this as well. If we can go to the last one. Uh, her sat with Mel Gibson. We talked about the tragedy on our border. The horrific child trafficking that was taking uh, that was happening the day this focus was taken. And she praises him after that. Um, so, is Mel Gibson making a movie? Um, indeterminate. There is no evidence to suggest he is making a movie about... The things that certain elements of the internet really want him to make movies about.
0: I would suggest Netflix is probably not going to pick up the distribution deal. Yes,
1: and I I suspect really there's not really anything happening here. What really is happening is that there are a bunch of people who are more conspiracy-minded, and I don't use that as an insult, uh, who view... Mel Gibson as a vehicle for their ideas and the desire to see these ideas publicized because he seems to be mildly sympathetic at at the very least to the position that they hold and so they are essentially I don't want to say creating fake news because that sounds like
0: they don't believe what they're saying they're trying to manifest it
1: I think so yeah I think in a way they're trying to manifest this Um, and I think I mean I think they probably have sincere beliefs as much as I might disagree with them um, and so I don't, I don't mean, maybe there are some that are malevolent, but, uh, but I think the reason that a lot of people have been talking about this are because they wish that this was the case and I don't think it is the case. Um, so very sensitively, we'll leave that one there.
0: Okay. I actually have some, some indeterminate good news. So that's, that's a, okay. that's a for, for once. So there is an intolerable trend as we constantly hear about of, Child mutilations, chemical castrations, surgical alterations in the name of trans ideology. We, of course, find these things objectionable. They are the the, the evidence that they treat underlying gender dysphoria is scarce to the point of non existence. Yep. And we would very much like to see that no longer exist. And fortunately, there are, I'm happy to report, multiple states and countries which seem to be preventing this on the legislative level. There are outright bans of child gender transition surgeries and cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. And so I'm going to go through the places that are doing that today and hopefully some developments that are happening in the UK eventually as well and how the people on the ground that are pushing this can learn from this. And we can take our wins where we can get them. It's it's a sad standard that we have to consider protecting children at this level a win now, but... Given the, the given the alternative,
1: given the alternative is definitely a win.
0: Yes. So I wanted to do an update. So as you know, that Florida was one of the first states to do this, mm. to Ron DeSantis' credit. As of yesterday, two days ago now, perhaps, as so there was the, his gender-affirming care bill, air quotes, has been blocked by a Clinton appointee judge. So Robert L. Hinkle of federal district court in Tallahassee ruled specifically that three transgender children, with cases brought by their parents, can be prescribed puberty blockers despite. Ronda Santos's new state law. Quote, Gender identity is real, Judge Hinkle wrote, adding that proper treatment can include medical health therapy followed by puberty blockers and hormone treatments. You see how the medical mental health therapy is only going in the direction of affirmation, and then surgical and medical interventions. Oh, yeah. So, Florida has adopted a statute and rules that prohibit these treatments, even when medically appropriate. This is the point. Not sure it is medically appropriate. That's exactly. the question. So, one of the families involved in this litigation has a child as young as eight years old.
1: I have an eight-year-old son.
0: Yeah, and it
1: would not be happening.
0: No, no. A just society would place these children in protective custody and place mm-hmm. their abusive parents in actual custody. But unfortunately, one of the features of the devolution of powers in the U.S. is that things do get stuck up in the courts and yeah. so yeah. this is a this is a, a hurdle that must be overcome but let's look at a map from abc news as to which states and and places in the us have placed bans on what they call gender affirming care Genus all the bottomies. This is 18 states now. So Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Utah. And 14 other states are considering or have already tried to introduce similar bills that block, in part or in whole, quote unquote, gender affirming care. So I'm, I'm
1: sorry, just to my texts and friends, but uh, Purple State. That's what I'm saying.
0: We'll get into the exact details of what's happened right. in Texas because that is, again, the courts and not necessarily the legislature because right. Greg Abbott, who is usually quite tepid, is actually doing something quite good on this. Oh, He's brilliant. just being yeah. obstructed by right, unappointed... Okay. Well, appointed but unelected but this this, this, this is a
1: great map, though,
0: right? Yeah.
1: What I like about this map is this is... It may as well be a map of the moral versus immoral states of the United States.
0: And the colour code is inverted. So for our yeah. audio listeners, the states which have gender-affirming care are in green, whereas Mm. the ones that have banned what they call gender-affirming youth care are in a deep red. And it corresponds, ironically enough, with the particular parties that are governing these states. So something to point out here to the Americans, that's 32 states in total. Now, Mm. not all of those 14 are going to have their legislation likely to be passed because their local... Uh, state legislature is governed by the Democrats, so yeah. the legislation has been brought forward. But this is now a majority of states that are mm. pushing back against this. Excellent. But the Overton window really has shifted in favor of protecting children. So uh, it's crazy. It's but crazy, <laughs> just Americans should you protect your
1: children? You know, a th- two, th- well, a third of the states are like, well, yeah,
0: that's it's not on our watch. It's depressing. California and New York. It's equally depressing that we even have to keep talking about this, yeah. but. The continual keeping up of the pressure is what's changing the conversation. So sometimes it can feel a bit tiring. Again, it's useful to take stock and see how far we have actually come. And when I say we, I am, of course, lending credence to the people that have been really pushing the needle on this, uh, like Matt Walsh and and all the folks at Daily Wire and the like. So, So well done, everyone. This quote from this article as well. Supporters of the bans argue that transgender people should wait until they're legally adults before making these decisions. Crazy. Imagine the horror.
1: Absolutely crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As if. So let's go to the Daily Wire's reporting on this as to which states and why have their different reasons. Just a a quick breakdown. So Florida, Utah, Iowa, Mississippi, Tennessee, South Dakota, Indiana, Idaho, West Virginia, and Kentucky have all banned puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries for minors. So they've gone the full spectrum. Florida, as I've already said, have have had that influx as of the last couple of days. Alabama tried to ban everything, but again, a federal court blocked the puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones part, but the gender surgeries remains in effect. Okay, and that's something. Yep. Yeah, again, we'll, we'll get onto shortly how the, the puberty blockers have zero scant evidence as well, and they're just as bad as the mm. surgeries, weirdly enough. Well, they,
1: they render you infertile, and you have a massively increased chance of like osteoporosis and other things like that.
0: Yes, and also... Because your whole, the way your hormones interact develop your cognition, hmm. you don't get out of the state of arrested development of prolonged adolescence. So yeah. technically speaking, you wouldn't be able to consent to the later surgeries if we were doing it on a cognition basis right. rather than an arbitrary age basis. Yeah. And so they they permanently impair you mentally. So they're horrible. They're, they're evil things. Um, Arizona's only banned Just the surgeries. Just
1: a quick thing. What, sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Weren't, weren't these drugs used to sterilize We'll get onto
0: that. Oh. Yes. We have we have a detailed report from Wall okay. Street Journal that came out this morning, yep. funnily enough. Okay. Arizona also banned the surgeries, but they kept the puberty blockers and hormone access in place. So that wasn't because a federal court blocked it, that's because Doug Ducey's pretty much useless and now he's right. gone. We've got Katie Hobbs, a Democrat, so that'll probably go out the way. Georgia banned the hormones and the surgeries, but not the puberty blockers, for some reason. Thank you, Brian Kemp. Arkansas had their ban blocked by a federal court. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. However, President Trump's former White House spokesperson, who's now the governor there, has added another law in that makes it easier to file malpractice lawsuits against doctors who provide gender treatments to minors. Oh, that's always good. So that means they're so liable to being sued that the amount of surgeries will go down, and hopefully the insurance companies, particularly with the new expose that Matt Walsh has done as well, where Mm. they've exposed that that WPATS letters fast-track people who aren't even gender dysphoric to get gender surgeries... Hopefully that means that they won't be covered enough where the practice will shut down de facto. and, and But that's happening sort of in the UK, so we'll, we'll get onto that a little bit later. An Austin judge blocked the Texas directive from Governor Greg Adabert to have the Department of Family and Protective Services investigate parents subjecting their children to abusive gender transitioning procedures. So he said have the, the law enforcement step in, monitor the situation, take the kids away from their parents if they're trying to socially or medically transition them. Mm. And the federal court stepped in and said, no, you can't do that. Right. So if, again, any other practice like force-feeding a child drugs or sexually abusing them, you would think that law enforcement would intervene, and they absolutely should, but for the special exemption of trans ideology, they don't have to step in. So, again, that's not the fault of the Texas legislature, it's the courts. In Ohio, a bill was introduced in February to ban puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones and gender surgeries. The bill also says that children must be screened for abuse and comorbidities, mental, before being diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Nebraska, North and South Carolina have bills to ban puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones and surgeries for minors that just haven't passed yet. And New Jersey, Michigan, Oregon and Hawaii have bills proposing to ban all three procedures... But, of course, they're Democrat strongholds, so they're yeah. unlikely to pass. But good on the Republicans in the state legislature for at least trying to propose this and move the conversation mm. along. And to show you the manipulative framing of how this is being spun by the corporate press, I thought I'd go to this one. Because oh, yeah. recently, this was in West Virginia. This is the, the governor, Jim Justice. Great name. On when, <laughs> And this is Wednesday at the time right? You scroll down, please, John, just so I can get the date right. Uh, this was on late March. He signed a bill banning quote, gender-affirming care for minors. The bill outlaws those under 18 being prescribed hormone therapy and, and this is what they say, fully reversible puberty blockers. Total lie. It is. It also bans minors from re- receiving gender-affirming surgery, something physicians say doesn't even happen in West Virginia.
1: Then it doesn't matter if it's being banned, does it?
0: Yes. But it's not happening, but it should happen, and it's a good thing, is their yeah. logic.
1: If it's not ha- if it's not happening, then it's no problem to ban it.
0: Yes. And What are you complaining about? And just speaking on what you've already said about the idea that puberty blockers are fully reversible. Uh, Number one, no. Abigail Schreier documents this very well in irreversible damage. But we also have this Wall Street Journal article that was published today that I thought summarised the evidence in a way that would provide a good source rather than me just talking off the top of my head. But Mm. it's all pretty disturbing. So, did you know, the Department of Health and Human Services has claimed that puberty blockers are reversible. This omits the evidence that... Quote, by impeding the usual process of sexual orientation and gender identity development, these drugs effectively lock in children and young people to a treatment pathway, according to a report by the the NHS, which cites studies finding that 96 to 98% of minors prescribed puberty blockers proceed to cross-sex hormones. It's an inexorable journey. If you put them on one, they're going to have a sunk cost to then buy into the other, because they've been told that this is the only route to feeling better about themselves.
1: And at the end of the day, you've kind of uh, already screwed up their biology as well. Yes. So now you only have one way forward.
0: Yeah, you're only committed to the position. And when when it comes to its fruition with the cross-sex surgery, and you're still not the man or woman you wanted to be because you have the memories of who you were, it's no wonder that these people tragically have such a high suicide rate. Hmm. The FDA in 2016 ordered AbbVie to add a warning label that children on Lupron might develop new or intensified psychiatric problems. Oh, wow, really? So it actually induces firmer mental, further mental comorbidities. Mm. So not only does it impair brain development and inhibit your ability to consent to things later in life, such as the surgeries, which I don't think you can consent to anyway, but that's another conversation, but it also might add additional mental health complications. Also, the FDA has approved these medications to treat prostate cancer, endometriosis, certain types of infertility, and a rare childhood disease called genetic mutation. Caused by genetic mutation. So that's precocious puberty and things like that. Right. Do you know they've never approved them for gender dysphoria? I did not know that. The FDA has never licensed chemical castration um, drugs, puberty blockers, for treatment of gender dysphoria. And this is because the Dutch study didn't find that either. The Dutch study that everyone based it on didn't mm. treat for suicidality. It treated whether or not they worked. But it's simply been transposed as the go-to right. evidence for why you should treat it with puberty blockers. The drugs, led by Abfee's LuPron, are prescribed to minors off-label. In a bracket, they're also used off-label for chemical castration of repeat sex offenders. So we are treating children with just, the same why? punishment as the paedophiles that prey on them.
1: I just, I just oh God, it's just. You know, I'm, I've been I've been preparing a hangout uh, to. to behind the paywall, because there's no way we could put this outside of the paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just looking directly at the effects of all of these things.
0: Yeah, I've been and researching it for quite a while. Yeah,
1: I've got, I've got a bunch of uh, things that are just the most horrific things. You, I'm probably going to call it hell on earth or something like that. Because going through this is just awful.
0: Yes. I. Uh, if you have not selected someone to sit on that, I'm more than happy to contribute. Yeah, we can definitely do. Because that. it's harrowing. They also found that the Centre for Investigative Reporting revealed in 2017... Bear in mind, 2017 was before these were widely used as gender-affirming care drugs. That women taking Lupron experienced 10,000 adverse re- events reports when they were children. Jesus. So that's a horrific high rate of adverse event reports. And also we know that increases risk of infertility, cancer, osteoporosis, and other lifelong debilitating conditions. So Usually, the idea this is being given to children is evil. That's it's literally is used it. as
1: a sterilization drug.
0: Yes. Yes. For criminals. Yeah. So, back to the individual states. Uh, Montana's going even further than Good. just banning yeah. this. So they've also banned TikTok. Oh, very base. As a vector of transmission mm-hmm. for trans ideology. And also because they've complained, of course, that Byte dance is beholden to the Chinese Communist Party. And so they've been stealing your data.
1: And we also know that they're specifically tailoring the Western algorithm differently to the
0: Chinese algorithm. Yes. Yeah. I believe the Chinese algorithm is more educational, whereas the yeah. Western algorithm is more geared towards ideology. Yes, because they understand and, that this is a demoralisation tactic.
1: Yes, and for anyone who doesn't remember, the Chinese Communist Party is the the party of Mao, who have been engaging in a hundred year long ideological war with the West.
0: Yes, it's, so don't it, forget, these are our enemies. Yeah, they're outsourcing a the cultural revolution to us and laughing as we commit suicide. Mm. Quite literally, unfortunately. So users and ByteDance have actually brought a lawsuit against this. So again, this is something that's being held up in the US courts. So don't blame your legislature. They are taking action. It's just judicial activists. They said, By banning TikTok, a forum that plaintiffs and hundreds of thousands of individuals in Montana use to engage in constitutionally protected speech, the TikTok ban unlawfully abridges one of the core freedoms guaranteed by the First Amendment, attorneys for the company wrote in their complaint. So the complaint is mainly on the ground... The, the legislation that it collects data from users and devices from the Chinese Communist Party and the mm. complaint against it is that by taking this platform down you're stifling our free speech they're oh, not no, going not free
1: speech of the Chinese Communist Party
0: exactly so they're not going to prevent another platform from snapping up the same uh, function yeah but not even content it's it's the the way in which TikTok yeah, yeah. distributes its its content in the thirty second videos if Instagram did the same thing even though mm. Instagram is since from the Wall Street Journal expose been exposed as a trap of paedophiles as well. Seems to be a thing of image-based platforms. But if Instagram did the same thing, they wouldn't shut down Instagram for the same reasons because Instagram, even though it acts probably in the interest of the Chinese Communist Party, is not owned by them. Yeah. But the byproduct of banning TikTok is that it slows down the spread of gender ideology hmm. because it used to be on Tumblr and now it's definitely on TikTok. And Montana also decided just to define a woman in their legislation. Oh, really? That's because cool. that's something that we need to do in 2023. They said in human beings, there are exactly two sexes, male and female, with corresponding types of gametes, states the law, previously known as Senate Bill 458. The law states that a female is someone who, under normal development, has XX chromosomes and produces or would produce relatively large, relatively immobile gametes, or eggs, during her life cycle, and is a reproductive and endocrine system oriented around the production of those gametes. That's obviously true. The only (laughs) issue with this is that Republican Senator Carl Glimm, who was the primary sponsor of the bill, said the bill is necessary because sex and gender should not be used interchangeably in Montana code. That would be sensible in the law. His direct quote, though, is gender is obviously something different than biological sex.
1: Uh, I hate to say it, but they're right about that. Gender Mm, is um, the expression, the social expression of biological sex. But it's anchored to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's completely um, conceptually anchored to the, the physical reality, the biological reality of men and women. Males and females. Um, But the attack will be, well, they are obviously actually different things. Uh, One can be male without being a man, one can be female without being a woman. And that's true, that's what boy and girl mean. So they they are right on that, and we need to be aware of it.
0: The rest of the quote, though, is, Biological sex is immutable, you can't change it, there are only two biological sexes. Implying that gender is Itself mutable and not binary, which is a well, problem of framing. He seems to have absorbed the sort of 2015 the, 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 position. No,
1: no, but the problem is gender is mutable. The expression of your masculinity does change.
0: But not outside the, the, the binary biological sex paradigm. I, I agree, I agree. So that's why they need better framing, is my critique. They,
1: they definitely do. Um, yes. but, they, but they're not wrong
0: at all in what they've said there. So. It's, it's a set of social associations... Yep. to your biological sex, and you can perform the role of man or woman, less or more, corresponding to your sex. Yep. But the issue is he has left an open goal to say, if gender is mutable, then I can take myself outside the sex paradigm. He,
1: he does need to stress that it is anchored and built upon the biology.
0: Yes. Uh, Alabama have done the same thing as well. So the health Good. Health Committee voted along party lines to approve the What Is A Woman Act. I just like how well that's done become. Matt Walsh. It's become a meme, yeah. like, and not not in a joke way. Yeah. It's that it's been t- taken the up idea. and ran with. Yeah and send the legislation to the full House of Representatives. The bill defines a female and woman as an individual whose biological reproductive system is designed to produce ova, and a male and man as an individual whose biological reproductive system is designed to fertilise the ova of a female. The bill states that it is important to distinguish between the sexes with respect to athletics, prisons, or other de- detention facilities, domestic violence shelters, rape crisis centres, locker rooms, bathrooms, and other areas. Carmary and D. Har- Harvison uh, Anderson Harvey, Alabama State Director Human Rights Campaign, in a statement on Wednesday called the bill the LGBTQ Erasure Act okay well no again hate to sound like the LGB Alliance here, but the TQ plus are grafted onto the former acronym because yeah. the former acronym concerns sexuality and relies on a biological recognition of appendages relating to men and women because if you're same sex attracted you're attracted to the same sex. And so the TQ+, undermines the former. And so, no, it's not the LGBTQ+, erasure act. It's just the TQ+, doesn't make any sense act. And that would be quite sensible. Um, I'm, a,
1: I'm, I'm beyond even arguing that, yeah, if you think that, that's fine. You're a lunatic. You're a lunatic who wants to chop their Yeah, I know. This is this is like, the thing. We, we can't know. come together with the people who yeah. want
0: to lock the breasts of a 16-year-old girl. There yeah, is no reconciling this position. Yeah, I, I just
1: don't agree with you on anything here. Yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, Montana have also banned Drag Queen mm. Story Hour. Oh, good. Again, just yeah, shutting down the really. transmission vectors. Yeah. They are the third state to enact a law surrounding drag performers, which is HB 359, which defines them as male or female performers who adopt a flamboyant or parodic feminine and male persona with glamorous or exaggerated costumes and makeup. Minors are prohibited from attending drag shows on public property. Businesses that violate the law could face a fine anywhere between one thousand and five thousand for the first dollars for the first offence, between two thousand five hundred and five thousand dollars for the second offence, and ten thousand dollars for the third offence with a ten-year statutory limit. Mm. Schools and libraries would be fined $5,000 for each story hour heard.
1: So they could have been uh, slightly more nuanced on this, because mm-hmm. there are going to be people who say, well, what about something like Widow Twanky? And I'm pantomime like, yeah. Pantomime dames. Yeah, exactly, pantomime dames. So like, yeah, that's true. Um, and there's an obvious uh, substantive difference between a pantomime dame and the highly sexualized performances that we have seen videos of uh, in strip clubs or wherever uh, of this. But at the end of the day, if you're not prepared to Concede that there's that distinction, then it's all got to go.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree you know, with that. Yeah, I,
1: if, I, I, I don't want to ban Widow Twanky and Pantomime, but
0: but if you like, guys are going to make the conflation as a Trojan horse it, to get it, close to children, exactly, I am fine exactly. with Panto just not being. Then it, a thing. Then
1: it just goes. And, yep. and you've ruined it. That's what it comes to.
0: Yes. Uh, Tennessee have tried to do the same thing, but they've they've suffered a setback again. Judicial activists. So the judge right. has blocked the Tennessee law. This time it was a Trump appointee. Right. Okay. So he has blocked it on the most obtuse liberal standard imaginable. Hmm. So he said, in Tennessee, he's blocked the law, intended to protect children from being exposed to adult cabaret performances. The law creates an offence for a person who engages in adult cabaret performances on public property or in a location where the adult cabaret performance could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. The definition of adult cabaret performance in the law includes male or female impersonators. The US District Judge, Thomas Parker, issued a temporary injunction against the law because he said it was too vague and could be a violation of the First Amendment. The law came before Parker after Friends of George, a self-described LGBTQ theatre company based in Memphis, filed a suit challenging the law. So he was saying the definition of obscenity here is too broad. Hmm. I would suggest that we know what we see. And also, there are certain acts which are not speech. This is this is the oh, yeah. this is the problem I have with the um, the free speech coalition is someone who represents the porn industry mm-hmm. in obscenity cases, and I think there's a definitional difference between expression and speech because there are certain acts that you couldn't do in Times Square and get away with legally versus shouting in Times Square. Yeah, and this should be one of them. I would suggest so. Well, I mean, just
1: it shouldn't be outside of the bounds of normality and decency to ban sexual acts or acts that are uh, imitating sexual acts in public spaces so children aren't exposed to them
0: yes and that's not a free speech issue i wouldn't no i
1: don't i think mean, it's a decency issue
0: no so this is this is an annoying thing that this person's done but Again, things are being changed slowly on the state level. And I would like to say as well credit to Matt Walsh and James Lindsay specifically because they had input on this original law. Mm. And this was where James Lindsay first raised the spectre of the drag pedagogy paper that I've gone through before. So more awareness is being brought to this. And because more awareness is being brought to this, go on to this one, the Human Rights Campaign, the people responsible for the Corporate Equality Index that convinced anheuser Bush to hire Dylan Mulvaney, Mm -hmm. the largest LGBT lobby in the world, have declared a state of emergency. Good. Well, I think it's hilarious. They think they can act like a government. But, of course, all of the largest hedge funds and international institutions have given them that power to strong arm... A state
1: of emergency. We might not be able to transition children or expose them to horrific shows. Okay. Yes. Or well, well,
0: indecent acts in, yeah. the, on pride floats. I mean, it was quite funny. So, DeSantis... While that's
1: the emergency for them.
0: Yeah, well, back to your thing of, of when DeSantis said we should give child sex offenders a death penalty and they said that's transphobic. Yeah. Um, what an odd thing to say! Hmm. The the idea that when DeSantis bans public sexual acts and then Pride in Florida say we have to shut it down because there might be children present. What are you odd doing thing all day? Yeah. Hmm. So state of emergency because you can't be sexual around children. Right. Very strange. So let's jump continent to Norway and Sweden. So, Josh will be covering a little bit more of this on a weekend segment on Sunday, going into the details of each country, specifically France, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, a little bit of the UK. But I thought we'd just touch on this a little bit. And this is from Dr. Deborah So, whose book The End of Gender, Harry and I plan on covering soon. And... She, she writes, Last week, the Norwegian Healthcare Investigation Board announced it would be revising its current guidelines regarding so-called gender-affirming care for minors. The use of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and transition-related surgery would be restricted to research contexts and no longer provided in clinical settings. Now, there is a, an issue here, because it sounds to me much like the lack of substantive evidence is why they have rescinded this. Mm. Good. But it means that they will still be conducting clinical trials to try and fabricate the the evidence under the false premise that this will treat gender dysphoria, even though the idea that you can change sexes is, is itself an incorrect premise, and so no treatment based on that premise will ever help someone. Right. So they'll still be conducting it in clinical trials, but fortunately, lots of children will be spared these exercises because they'll no longer be used as an intervention to ameliorate their gender dysphoria in yeah. the general population. So that's a positive development. Mm. The Netherlands, France, Sweden, and Finland have all likewise reviewed the Dutch protocol, and they've said what I said. A little while ago, which is it doesn't actually address suicidality; it just confirms that puberty's blockers work. And one participant during the Dutch protocol died from surgery complications later on. Are you not familiar with this?
1: No, but it's uh, it's fine. We're,
0: yeah. So, it's um, fine. Yeah. Uh, all, all. We'll all talk that. about it another time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally rough. fine. Uh, so, it cites the UK here as well. Yeah. Just so we know, if we move on to the next one, Josh has already covered the fact that the Tavistock Clinic has not quite closed. If you scroll down to the, there we go. They got stay of execution until about August, so they will still be operating even though they were told to discontinue their operations because of the likes of the Cass report. Yeah. So for, for commentators, I know Tim's brought this up before, Tim Paul, Jordan Peterson, they haven't quite discontinued it as we'd hoped, but hopefully that, that continues going on. Speaking of Tavistock in the UK, the Telegraph came out recently and found out that Mermaids were setting the guidelines for Tavistock. Oh, were they? Yes, they were directly involved. So, Zuzi Green, the chairman of Charity Mermaids at the time, was part of a task group reviewing services at the Tavistock and Portman Clinic. The service specification outlines the treatment for children transgender children, they say, included details on how hormone blockers will now be considered for any child under 12. Miss Green, who works for Gender GP, an online service which prescribes cross-sex hormones, had taken her own child, who was born male, to the US for puberty blockers before their 16th birthday. On their 16th birthday, she took them to Thailand for cross-sex surgery. So, what does the dad think of it? No mention of him being in the picture. Weird, that. Yes. As we know from Jeff Younger and other people, the Canadian fella featured in What is a Woman, it is usually the devouring, borderline personality disorder manifesting mothers taking their children away from the fathers who desperately do not want them to be castrated. The Tavistock claimed that it did not have emails or or minutes of meetings with Miss Green. But after the information regulator threatened court action, it released more than 300 pages showing Miss Green had direct contact with Dr. Polly Carmichael, Tavistock's director, and demanded to be regarded as a professional so she could refer children herself to treatment when their GPs refused. Miss Green has no formal medical training. She held an advisory role on two of the studies that the clinic was involved in on the long-term effect of gender identity. So they're just Just lying. lying to mutilate children. In 2018, the NHS updated the informed consent section to state that age alone does not determine capacity to give consent. I would agree. I don't think anyone of any age can consent to this, specifically if puberty blockers impair their mental development. But you don't think that. Instead, you think that children should be able to consent. It is concluded, if it is concluded that a client has sufficient autonomy and understanding of what is to be offered, plus other key eligibility and readiness criteria have been met, they can consent to the treatment. We already know that WPATH has pre-scripted letters to give to transgender clinicians to give to insurance providers in the US that say, I have gender dysphoria, therefore I need the treatment, even if you have not had a formal diagnosis of gender dysphoria yet. Matt Walsh exposed that this week. The involvement with the service specification came as mermaids were putting pressure on the Tavistock to lower the age for cross-sex hormones to 14, Dr. Carmichael revealed in an interview at the time. So, As we spoke about yesterday with Childline and the like, we have a deeply entrenched ideological NGO class interfering with the medical establishment and harming children. Now, fortunately, public opinion has been against this. The Guardian are crying about the fact that less than half of Britain uh, support LGBT trans-affirming child therapies. They place 28th on a list of 30 countries for people agreeing that teenagers with parental consent should be able to access gender-affirming care. Only Hungary, which has banned the the uh process since twenty twenty, and the US, because of various states already mentioned, recorded yeah. lower levels of support than Britain's forty seven percent. And a good bit of news.
1: Forty seven percent of people in Britain.
0: Yes. God, I, that's disgraceful. I think they are yet to understand what this Yeah, they probably have does.
1: no idea what they're talking yeah.
0: about. Which is why Matt Walsh has been very effective yeah. in raising this issue. And and for example, my own dad last year thought oh, there, there must be people on the wrong body. You just think it's weird so you're against it. This year he's turned around and gone, no, after everything that you've said after your interview with Richie, yeah. I've changed my mind. What they're doing to these people is barbarous. It's medieval torture. And speaking of Richie Heron, if you'd like to go over to our website, you can watch my interview with him. It's free, but of course we are demonetized and on YouTube, so if you'd like to pay us £5 a month, we can continue bringing in guests like this. And This was a, a harrowing
1: important. interview as well,
0: man. It is one of the saddest experiences, yeah. I think, of, of my life, and it doesn't even come close to what yeah. Richie's been through. And I'm glad to call Richie a friend offline now, and I really hope he does better, but everything he went through, utterly avoidable, and there is blood on the hands of his now-dead physician and everyone that pushed him along this path. Yeah. And congratulations to him for dedicating his life to trying to stop this ever happening to anyone else. And there are some positive developments on this front, because Richie, in the in the wild has had something in the works. He's launching a judicial review against the UK's adult gender clinics as well as the Mm. child transition services. The aim is to challenge the failure of the NHS to provide appropriate treatment and safeguards for adults suffering from gender dysphoria. So, Paul Cothrain, who I believe is involved in in the legislation, um, he is filing... A notice to the UK Secretary of Health, which is Steve Barkley, and Minister for Women and Equalities, which is Kimmy Badnock, mm. informing them of the action, and they're awaiting a response within two weeks. It's filed in conjunction with the father of a 21-year-old autistic man, who has redacted his identity, who has been booked in for imminent gen- genital removal surgery at an adult gender clinic. So, despite him having the comorbidities of autism yeah. and probable depression and the like, much like Richie, who also had yeah. autism and OCD, he is going to have his testicles removed that's just harrowing. And if we go to the last one, this is their their sort of crowdfunding website and it gives more details on their case. The legal team is being represented by Jeremy Higham KC, the person who represented and won Kira Bell's case against mm-hmm. Tavistock. And it says we're bringing you a judicial review against the service specifications maintained by the NHS which determine the treatment which adults who suffer with gender dysphoria are given. Currently they don't provide uh, they don't require psychological involvement. So they don't require a psych assessment If you have gender dysphoria, you can just be pushed along the inexorable path. They require clinicians to affirm the young person's belief about gender identity. We're also asking that the CAS review is extended to cover young people to the age of 25 years old. Obviously the threshold for when your brain is fully formed. And Mm. again, some wiggle room about whether or not people with mental comorbidities at any age can consent to this, but that conversation will be had down the road. And you can donate and sign up to their email list for updates here. So I thought I'd just provide you an update, a, a positive development, on some of the legislative efforts that are going against this horrible trend, which is damaging children and vulnerable adults. There, of course, should never be another Kiri Bell, Richie Heron, Chloe Cole, and well done to everyone who is working to assure that that is the case.
1: Well, I don't have any good news for the final segment.
0: Um,
1: The question that I just continually have going around in my head is, why do I feel like I've been mugged? Mm. I feel every day that I've been mugged. Literally, someone has come up to me, threatened me, and stolen my wallet. That's how I feel every single day of my life, because immigration, illegal and legal, is just a perennial issue in Britain, and the Conservative Party, with a massive 380-seat majority, just will not do anything about it. They won't touch it for some reason. And so, the country is in decline, everyone can see it's in decline, everyone can see everything's falling apart, all the services are massively overloaded, all the roads are massively overloaded, all the trains are just don't even get me started. Yep. <laughs> You know, like everything, the house prices, rent, everything is being ground down by the sheer number of people who are using it. And the Conservatives are doing very, very little. Um, But before we begin, if you want to support us, go and watch uh, Thomas Dowling's return for a premium podcast with Stelios debating modernity. How is modernity working out? Not great, I would argue. And I think that's Thomas's argument as well. And uh, Stelius, I suppose, feels like he has to defend something about maternity. uh, I haven't actually had time to watch it yet, but I could hear them arguing when they were recording it. (laughs) So, I bet it was good. Anyway, let's let's begin by taking a look at the average boatload of migrants. This is uh, the UK Border Force picking up some refugees. See a single woman or child there? Not even that.
0: They of look course. delighted to be broadcasting this on social media. Yeah, of course they are.
1: This is an adventure for them. Yes, it is, as Callum has spoken about previously. Um, but this when I say this is literally average migrant boat. I'm not joking, according to the government's own statistics, nine out of 10 of them were male in the whole thing. So, okay, 9 out of 10, 90% male. So, where are we putting them? Well, we're putting them in hotels, but we'll get to that in a minute. There's a big protest in Bexhill recently, because, of course, uh, Bexhill just a small town on the coast and the south, and uh, they were going to put 1,200 uh, asylum seekers into a former prison, and so the people of Bexhill were like, not on my watch. <laughs> but what was really annoying is the Conservative MP is a Mr. Merryman, and uh, he did not oppose the plans to have this put in his own constituency. Line go up. Yeah. So the Conservative MP they voted for has been like, yeah, no, I'm okay with it. Our policy is to move asylum seekers away from hotels. They're costly and not safe in terms of being, people being targeted by modern slavery gangs.
0: Then why That's incentivize the concern. them keep coming here?
1: That's the concern.
0: Yeah. I hate it,
1: right? <laughs> I would rather see people being housed in more humane situations where there is something to do Not does not blight hotels in the areas around them well, you could just deport these illegal immigrants. Mm. That would be the first thing I would have
0: done. They have no entitlement to be here.
1: No. They literally have no case to be here. Right? And they broke into the country. right? Uh, so anyway, moving on. The Conservatives, as you already know, back in March, are housing migrants, tens of thousands of them, in 400 hotels across the country, which means that of the 48 English counties, 42 of them are housing foreign interlopers. Uh, and this... Is something that is costing us huge amounts of money, and so we were trying to save money, and so we were putting the migrants uh, four in a room, just four men in a room, in a hotel, and so the migrants started protesting that. They started. If you get to the next one, John, they uh, there, there was a protest last week outside of the Pimlico Comfort Inn, where twenty asylum seekers uh, essentially camped on the street, protesting. Uh, it ended la- the night the night before this article. Uh, with rumors that the hotel gave in because the hotel just c- capitulated and gave them extra rooms. Because why not? Mm. Why wouldn't you? The government's going to pay for it. Um, on the arrival to the hotel, they were told that four people would be sharing a room with two bunk beds, leading many to worry about their safety and lack of space. What safety concerns would there be?
0: Uh, top and tail might be a bit too close.
1: You're all. Yeah, but what, what, what's unsafe about spending, having to live with these fellow. Your fellow migrants, mm. fellow refugees, you're all just fleeing war, aren't you, and persecution? So we are told. But uh, the government has got a solution to this. Are you going to just tell them to share the rooms? Just be like, could, could you just do it, please? And they're going to be like, oh,
0: yes, sir, mister. It's not unreasonable. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't yeah. want to offend the sensibilities of the seafaring insurgents yeah. that we are paying millions every yeah. day to put up. No,
1: Robert Jen- Jenric is right. It's not unreasonable, but these aren't reasonable people. They literally broke into our country and are demanding our money.
0: I think the reasonable thing is to sink the boat.
1: I think that the reasonable thing would just be to turn them back to France, uh, which is something we're not doing for some reason. Um, but yeah, so this is directly a decision. A decision? <laughs> Decided what? We're going to ask them not to do it. Okay, they're not going to listen. Like They don't respect you. They don't take orders from you. They're here to get our money. Uh, and so anyway, on the 9th of May, the Conservatives are like, well, maybe if we just stick them on barges, that'll be the solution. And we've covered this before, so I won't linger on it. But uh, each vessel will house 500 single male asylum seekers, which describes almost all of them, um, in various places like uh, Portland and Dorset.
0: So we're just going to have pirate marauders <laughs> yeah, basically. sailing off the coast of England.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we're treating these adult men like their children. Like, they're being treated as if they're incapable children. So, well, they have wayfared their way from wherever they've come from, managed to Viking their way across the sea, mm. and now they're looting our tax money. So, I don't think they are children, no. actually. But uh, the Conservatives are like, right, so that's one plan, but that hasn't solved the problem. Maybe if we just extend that plan, which is the, something they announced earlier this week, because the next one, John, it's going to be like, yeah. So, why don't we just get more
0: of these? Why don't we... Increase the size of the pirate fleet. Look, (laughs) just, if you know you don't have to let them in, you know that. So all I can assume is that you want them here, and that you are pretending to try to deal with the problem... To try to quell public outrage about the fact that we are being bled dry in our tax money and having our cultural fabric deteriorated while also benefiting from the fact that loads more people are coming here, whether it's your spreadsheet or whether it's because you're getting a kickback in some way from the contracts doled out to the hotel providers.
1: There are 112,000 people, apparently, occupying these barges and hotels. Just saying. Uh, but the, uh, the question, so you remember they were like, well, it's not safe for us to live with our fellow migrants. So the Conservatives got another plan. They've got another plan, right? They're going to make them sign a code of conduct? <clears throat> or else. Right. Migrants housed on barges faith code of conduct. will be kicked out if they break rules. They won't be kicked out of the country. No, they'll just be left to Rome. Exactly. They'll be kicked out of the barge. Yeah. It's like, well, where are they going to go? This is just, this is wild, right? The code is designed to prevent antisocial behaviour. Really, all these young men from foreign parts are exhibiting antisocial behaviour. Who could have predicted that? Lisa Nandy. Uh, And will not apply only on board, but when migrants leave and travel to town for visits, a senior home office official has said. The official was speaking to residents via a Zoom meeting, a public meeting, said the asylum seekers would be free to come and go, just as they are allowed to do in asylum hotels but would be escorted in and out of the secure port at Portland like holidaymakers disembarking from a cruise ship.
0: Put her on a jolly.
1: Put a pin in that. Right, this is, literally, the, this is a holiday residence. Right. right? Failure to abide by the code could lead to the removal from the barge or withdrawal of supports comp- uh, comprising food, housing, and cash of £9 a week. That's the penalty. Don't abide by the code. £9.10 pence a week. We're going to take your
0: pocket money away. I just wanted to get married and have a house, man. The incentives. I just, I they're just so strong. I just wanted right? a quiet life, and you just won't let me because you want to create human battery farms. I hate this place.
1: The government stressed that such action would not be ruled out. <laughs> really, it's not even going to be the first thing they do. I mean, I would have had lashings in the, yeah. the public square, yeah. but they're like, well, we might take away your pocket money. I would, I would have I deported just, them by a trebuchet. Children. Like I, yeah, exactly. They're not children. Like what? Thing? So, like I said, right? They're, they're going to be they're going to be treated like holiday mar- holiday makers embarking from a cruise ship. So why don't we just put them on
0: cruise ships? Have you, have you sorry? Have you seen what the barge is called? No, what was it? The Bibby Stockholm. Oh yes, Stockholm syndrome. Are you having a laugh? No, what's having a laugh is we're actually going to put them on the cruise ships. Oh okay. Because I
1: mean, they've come all this way. We're acting like we're paying for their holiday in Britain. If you just get the next one, why don't we just put them on the cruise ship? Like why not? We have actual cruise ships that the government could pay for for a bunch of foreign interlopers to live on for as long as they want at the expense of the British taxpayer. Why don't we put them on the cruise ships, says Rishi Sunak? And that's a great question. You have literally, literally (laughs) humiliated us all this way. Why not just go that extra step further?
0: Yeah, all all of the onboard entertainment will generate so much GDP growth.
1: Well, I mean, then why not just sail them around to the south of France and have them have a Mediterranean weather a nice holiday at our expense. You, I, I just, I, I think I'm gonna go mad, right? But anyway, Rishi Senek has revealed that we're going we're gonna pay for a thousand migrants between them, five hundred migrants each on these cruise ships. Now it costs you thousands of pounds to go on a cruise ship, and the government ain't gonna pay for it. But if you just cross the border
0: on a small boat, <laughs> honestly, for the for the. Just- for the price of a flight to France and a, and a rubber duck to float over on, you will have bed and board and holidays for the rest of your life.
1: And yeah, and that's the thing. All of this is indefinite. Right? There's no time limit in any of it. There are so many perverse incentives here. I just—it's is... just like, what are you doing? I can't help but laugh because this is just absolute clown world, right? Uh, the vessels will be thought to be heading to Merseyside and Teaport. Right. I say, okay, great. I mean, at least, at least it's somewhere not near me. But then oh, I not on, on the coast.
0: Isn't. Oh, they just where Rishi Sunak has created these new freeport zones as well for low capital investment. Possibly, I didn't think about T. Port definitely is. I didn't think about checking that. That's a um, strange choice. There's, so- there's definitely something going on there because hmm. if you've if you've attracted loads more in investment and regulation exemption, and then you're sticking a boat full of human capital in the area, there's there's something going on there that pricks my ears up
1: quite possibly i didn't think to cross-reference it but uh, i just cruise ships just actually they're they're being given a cruise i bet these cruise ships have swimming pools on them <laughs> heated swimming pools mm. and they've got luxurious beds i just <laughs> my wife's like can we go on a cruise i'm like no we're not illegal immigrants darling <laughs> we can't afford a bloody cruise what in this economy we've got to pay for their cruise you've got to understand sweetheart
0: just a bunch oh, of Somalians clapping for the Mickey Mouse nighttime dinner yeah, show. I, oh, my God. But
1: anyway, thank God someone is standing up for this. It's Sadiq Khan. What? They're
0: not going on barges and cruise ships on my watch. Oh, is it because he found out the proportion of Indians that are now coming over? No, it?
1: it's because he views it as being beneath their dignity. I'm <laughs> I'm joking. Sadiq Khan says, I oppose these plans on the strongest possible terms. I am proud of London's history of providing sanctuary for those who seek refuge. I'm concerned that vulnerable people fleeing appalling circumstances. I tell you what, Sadiq, we'll go back to the first video. You point out to me the vulnerable person who's fleeing appalling circumstances. Because all of them look like very rough-looking adult men. But anyway, uh, they would not have serious access to the support they need. They're going to be on a cruise ship, Sadiq. Don't know what you're talking about. With their safety, health, and well-being put at serious risk, as if these are just a bunch of children, right? Is it because London's not safe? No, he wants them in London, not on the barges. Oh, right, okay. Right, right, okay, okay. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, so he's going to block the uh, the barges. Not right. going to be in London, in someone else, not in his backyard. Uh, but then Sadiq has been quite open about the fact that he just literally wants just he just wants more immigrants. If you get the next one, John. Literally, there's just no limit. Now, at this point, we know that forty percent at least of London is first-generation immigrant.
0: I live there; you you can tell.
1: And the census data shows it. And so Sadiq Khan's like, "Yeah, so London needs more immigrants." It's like, does it?
0: Like, I'm never I'm never going to be able to own my own place. No, anywhere near. No. I don't. I don't even want to live on a tube line in Central. It's horrible. But even the sort of Greater London boroughs, which are still kind of quaint and nice and have birdsong in the mornings, I can walk to to work with. I'm never going to be able to have a home there. You've priced me out of my literally my ancestral homeland. I hate you with all my core.
1: Well, Sadiq Khan to that says I have no hesitation in saying we need more migrants in London. He doesn't give a limit. But I mean, London is something like eight and a half million people at this point. It's grown a million a year the last couple of years it's been it's been wild like you can see that London is packed to the gills when you go there and uh so I mean what does what does steep plan to do some sort of mega city where he just starts
0: building upwards they're already building that in Ealing and, and Lewisham Lewisham there is actually less there are more tower blocks than there is sky space between the tower blocks
1: park the social benefits to our city from a, a migration Park the cultural benefits from our, to our city from migration. Because there aren't any. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, what would they be? Uh, I've spent the morning with some of our city's leading businesses who create jobs, wealth, and prosperity. They've got a skill shortage and a labour shortage.
0: Record migration. Labour shortage. Yes. Why? I happen to have noticed, this is something purely observational. When we went to cover the Queen's Funeral, a lot of the lot of security there. Oh, yeah. Um, the crowd, overwhelmingly ethnic English. Yep. The security providers, overwhelmingly not. Hmm. And so, m- when I keep hearing that we keep importing nurses from overseas, we have lots of people in private contracted security from ethnic minority backgrounds, I do wonder if importing incompatible cultures and... People with differing lifestyles who have never paid into the point of access to public services is kind of manufacturing this endless consent of never having enough security or public services to meet demand. It's it's almost like by importing all the people, that's the reason for the shortage. Quite
1: possibly. But Sadiq Khan does say that look, I want the power to control London's borders devolve to cities like London the powers to have regional shortage occupation lists, so I can be in charge of deciding how many people come into London to help our economy
0: so he wants to be King Sadiq of a satellite state
1: and he wants there to be literally no limit to the number of migrants London will take there are labour shortages don't you know Um, he's been calling for rent controls in London for years now though, right? I mean, like literally every year. Don't work. Yeah, exactly. A, they don't work, but B, why do you need rent controls? Where is the demand coming from, Sadiq? So I want to cram as many people in as possible, but I also want to have manual control of the rents in a way that will not work and will find itself simply bleeding out in other areas, right? I mean, he literally says, London's private renters are facing a triple whammy with rising rents, bills, and the cost of household essentials putting major strain on their finances, which is why I've called for more immigrants. No, no, he says he wants the government to implement rent controls in London. It's mad. If only we knew why we needed this. So why why are so many migrants coming across the channel? I mean, it's not just the migrants, but we'll get to that. Uh, because the French are afraid of them. Uh, now, you got people like Steve Laws, good lad, go follow him on Twitter, saying, look, you can see that these people, you can see the dock in the background. So they're not leaving from a remote location. So you can on the back there, right? You can see they're just on the French beaches leaving. And so the French must be turning a blind eye. No. That's a way up. that's a that's Steve, that's giving the French way too much credit, right? Turning a blind eye would imply that they aren't mortally afraid of the migrants. The French have already surrendered to the migrants, which is literally what the sum reported yesterday. Um, the French have apparently decided to refuse to intercept small boats because there's been a string of violent attacks on the police, and so the police are like zuta law, waves of white flag, and have just given up. Who, as well? Who's selling them all the boats? What well, that's a great from? question. I mean, we spent what was it, two hundred and fifty million, telling the French, "Look, here's here's all this money. Stop them coming." And the French are like, "We can't. We we have surrendered, Montcherie.
0: They are proactively letting them through. Yes.
1: Uh, the cops are happy to tear gas them and slice their boats on the beaches, try and stop them from leaving the shores, but as soon as the migrant boats get into the water, those inside become increasingly violent. Do they? And the police don't want to approach them for fear of getting hurt, Gons. border force sources say. Yeah, I mean, I Gons. thought I thought there was a sort of form of projectile weaponry that we could have used in yes. this circumstance. Uh, but of course, the French... Decades behind us. Centuries behind us.
0: Just a former bullseye contestant standing at Calais, chucking darts at them for all I care. <laughs> just, just just deflate the bloody things.
1: <laughs> nope, the French have surrendered. So um, France is now a migrant country, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but the thing is, there are no other things that can be done. Apparently the Dutch signed a deal with Morocco, saying, look, can we just send you these illegals back? And uh, that didn't have any effect. Uh, literally less than 10% of the Moroccan nationals, the Dutch immigration officials, asked... Uh, to provide emergency emergency travel documents for,
0: were forcibly deported. So sanction the countries that keep allowing their citizens to pour into these countries. Why are we trying to pay France, rather than bleeding dry every single country that sends their... We, we had a deal with Albania! Mm. N- no! Declare economic war on Albania for all I care if you're going to keep letting your people come over and invade!
1: Declare actual war?
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: But anyway, right, so what's the problem? The problem is Europe European Convention on Human Rights which is the, the Council of Europe that is responsible for this, not yep. the European Union. We are still members of the Council of Europe, if we can go to the next one. Uh, this is just uh, from the University of Liverpool, if you go back, sorry, <coughs> where they're just uh, saying that basically, um, technically we could ignore it, because it's not like the Council of Europe has any enforcement mechanism yep. for anything. Uh, but for some reason, we don't. We've actually got a really great record of doing exactly as they say, even though we complain about these things. Yes. So we say, please, can we not do that? And they say, no, you're going to have to do that. And we're just like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to have to
0: do it. We could leave at any time. Like, we could we just ignore it. We, we're also holding ourselves to a okay. set of legal bindings, which we don't have to be in. It's like the Conservatives complaining about the Equality Act, but still keeping it in place.
1: Yeah, they could They could leave this, they could leave that, they could do the other. They've got the massive majority. This, this could all have been done by lunchtime yesterday. Uh, but nope, and it's because uh, that the lefty human rights lawyers are like, well... Here's a piece of paper that says you're still going to do it, and judging from your record, you're going to comply, and therefore we're just going to keep doing this, and you're going to keep paying. How much do you think it is?
0: So I last I heard, it was about seven million a day.
1: Well, the government tell us it's six million a day, but there are other costs that they're not adding to that. Right.
0: Uh, if you go to the next one, this is oh, it's the only six million.
1: Yeah, only only six million pounds a day, which is three billion a year and rising. Now I bet this is way under-costed. Uh, there's going to be many more ancillary costs that stack up on top of this. But even even this is just what the government tells you. Six million a day. Did you, what, did you have a day off yesterday? Sit around, put your feet up, watch some TV, maybe play some video games, had a beer maybe, and six million pounds was shoved into the pockets of the hotels, the bureaucracy, and the migrants. You were sat there thinking you were having a nice day off, and they were taking £6 million off us collectively to give it to a bunch of wayfaring foreigners.
0: I, I want just... to see if the, the date that mass migration started by, via the small boats yep. and they were giving them this money, if JD sports stock just keeps going up.
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah. Anyway, so just to put a cap on this, that's the illegal immigration. Yep. There are, of course, massive, massive, massive amounts of legal migration. I, honestly, I don't know why people illegally immigrate into the country.
0: I'm going to cover these statistics in depth on Monday because, thankfully, Jeremy of Migration Watch decided to give us the the press embargo release of that. So thank you very much.
1: Right, Okay. Yeah, well, what we have from the Times here is that Migration Watch did a study on uh, just legal immigration because the Conservatives in the last two years have decided actually we need a net migration of over 500,000. So that's a, a total migration of 1.16 million and then 1.23 million, I think it was this year.
0: The previous year was 606,000 net increase.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the in 2021, it was uh, 506 or 505, something like that. Um, and that was out of 1.16 million. And then this year, it's been more. And next year, it's going to be even more. And it's just going to keep going on. And so you, Migration Watch like, well, look, we can add up numbers actually. Uh, Numbers add up, and if this keeps adding up, uh, we will have 16 million new people by 2046.
0: And that is despite the birth rate continually falling. And so they have said, we're going to need 18 new cities the size of Birmingham to meet housing demand.
1: They think it'll be between 83 and 87 million people in the UK.
0: And that's based on the undercounted population statistics, which Dan has already been through, where he says that there's at least a couple of million people here that we don't know about.
1: Absolutely. Which Tesco's has been telling us, because they've been feeding them. And uh, also people like uh, the Waste Disposal people will say, well, look, we're, we're serving many more than are on the books. But, uh, but there we go. Um, so, yeah, you are being mugged. You are absolutely being mugged every single day of your life. Whenever you take a day off, millions of more pounds go out of the public purse at your expense.
2: Hey, I dropped a new Zelda video. And I think you should check this one out as well. It's on
0: my Rumble page and YouTube page. And I think you're really, really going to like it. Oh, by the way, if they decided to reboot X-Files, please get them to cast Tucker Carlson as Mulder. Who should play Scully? What's your best pick?
1: Tucker is way too old to be Mulder. Uh, Mulder, okay, right. Listen, Zuma. Mulder was like a late 20s um, FBI agent. Who was unpopular in the FBI for being a kook, right? right. But you're, like you say, you know, he's always on something. He's always bright, you know. And Scully is the straight man to his uh, kookiness, and she um, is a very professional, a very attractive young woman who is regretfully assigned to essentially watch him to make sure he doesn't do anything crazy and get sucked into it because, of course, the truth is out there, right? right. Uh, and so, no, Tucker Carlson be way too old, Craig. Come on. Like, I don't know who could do it, but, like, um, I don't know who Scully would be. Leave a, leave a comment below. I want to know your thoughts. But, uh, no. And a reboot, of anything, is just terrible. Just go and watch The Old X-Files. It's really good.
0: So one of the lies they keep telling us here in Australia about the referendum is the fact that the referendum is there to recognise Aboriginal people as Australians, which has already been done since the 1970s. This voice to parliament which is actually a separate parliament for Aboriginal people, is racist by definition, no matter what people say. Worse still, most Aboriginal people don't even know anything about this voice. They haven't been told what it's about or what it is. So, they are creating, as far as I understand it then, a fractionated ethnic-based parliament for Australian Aboriginals to have them governed by separate laws.
1: Well, I mean, we have it for the Scots and the
2: Welsh, so... Tony D and Wee Scurvy Joan here with another tale of South Jersey pirates. You know the story of bloody John Bacon. Him and his man committed a Long Beach Island massacre in 1782 during the Revolutionary War. But Bacon also was a pirate and he took many a treasure and they say he buried it along Barnegat Light in South Jersey. If you can find that treasure, you can avenge them sailors. (laughs) ARGH! That's
0: cool, though. Do you want to do the comments? Uh, yeah, can do. Sure. Uh, Andrew Narok, Ah, oh, Colin Connor again. One of my favourite viewers on the podcast. Oh, cheers. Thanks. As for that first Mel Gibson quote, can't that be said of leftism in general, religious texts, moral frameworks, etc., and what place on earth is more left-wing than Hollywood? Well, that's a good point.
1: Uh, and that's why it sounds like something Mel Gibson may well have said.
0: Yes, I, I am going to do something soon, a premium podcast, on the current assertion that all of leftism is Gnosticism, because there has been a turtles all the way down approach taken to say that leftism is a rearticulation of ancient religious ideals. N- not really, no, so that, that warrants exploration, but it is clear that intersectionality and Capital W Woke is forming a kind of secular religion. At least in practice, if not having any metaphysical appeals. So Brew <laughs> the day. Disclaimer. But, but I don't know what that means. Sorry. Kevin Fox. What, pe- what, hang, on, hang on. Disclaimer.
1: For legal reasons, I disavow everything said in this episode, be it based or true.
0: I don't know what he's referring to, though. Um, let's keep it that way. Okay. Uh, Kevin Fox. <laughs> people decried Gibson playing William Wallace, but then he turned out to be the perfect Scotsman, a drunk racist. <laughs> But he hasn't done any smack that we know of, so yeah, true. He's not that might, might slightly undermine it. The letter M is for malpractice. I think I'm going to make a new fictional movie about a Wizard Family. I think Potter would be a good last name, you know, as in Beatrix Potter.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, that Rothschild thing. So yeah, it was just about a different family. Shut up.
0: Mm. Shut up. Come on. Yeah. Omar Awad, GPT, write me a script about the Rothschilds family in the style of Mel Gibson. <laughs> I might do that after this. <laughs> If it's not happening, we can make it happen. Sometimes the internet is a wonderful place.
1: Just want to say, right? I'm not in favour of racism or anti-Semitism, but man, this that would be something that would.
0: I would be funny. Be surprised if ChatGPT allowed you to. Yeah, because it probably was. It's intersectional, lobotomized. Lord Nerevar, If Mel Gibson can actually make this film, it will blow the lid off Hollywood as we know it. Not the hero I expected, but I'll take it. See, that's what a lot of people are hoping for, but it's not going to be the case. I don't think it's going to turn out as you want. No. I have to confess, having some serious doubts, the Hollywood swamp seems to be so entrenched that even if Gibson does manage to make the film, I doubt it would see the light of day. I hope, as always, to be proven wrong.
1: It's not going to happen. No. That was why, you know, it's
0: it's a lot of wishful thinking on a lot of people's parts. But well, I also kind of, like... I just don't... I don't really want it, because one, I'm not on... I'm not within the subculture that that would enjoy seeing the chaos. Yeah. And, and two, when Kanye came out and said his rather contentious opinions about the mid-century Germans, yeah. that's all that could be talked about for about three weeks. That is true, yeah. And I'm just yeah. not that interested. There's other stuff. Derek Power. Honestly, it all goes back to what was said in South Park. Either you can make fun of everyone or make fun of nothing. The same goes for critiquing and questioning anyone or anything. Of course, you can and should try to do these things civilly without malice. But I'm tired of any group claiming immunity or special privilege from anything less than saintly uh, saintly reverence. Uh, Bristow, to be completely against Mel, if every super-rich investor you met was Jewish and a vocal uh, and vocal about it, it might create some paranoia that might manifest as a rant during a drunken stupor. So this is the interpretation that lots of black musicians have. I think oh, that's this a is Kanye' why, interpretation. Well. the... This has been a very long history. I don't know if you're aware of it. Like Michael Jackson got caught in a lot of anti-Semitism scandals. So did yeah. Ice Cube. And like, and this is why loads of them flirt with Farrakhan at some point in their careers. And it seems to be because they have the belief that there are music executives, which are disproportionately Jewish, and music artists, which are black. And this is the source of a black Hebrew-Israelite-style conflict born out in the American black and Jewish communities.
1: Glad it's not my problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although, it, I mean, like everything from America, it seems to be imported over here at some point. So,
1: Baron <laughs> von Warhawk, when it comes to Hollywood. He goes into a bloody synagogue. Oh, oh Jesus. Lizzie.
0: Well, no, you already jumped over the Orthodox Church, yeah, though, didn't know, but,
1: but his his defense of that was probably fair. I just did that to everyone. He probably does do that to everyone.
0: Yeah, I'm an equal opportunity scumbag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Baron Von Warhawk, when it comes to Hollywood, it should be noted that fellow actor James Woods, voice of uh, Hades and Hercules, was also asked how evil Hollywood is by a fan, and he responded with, multiply your worst fears by a hundred.
1: I mean, I do get the feeling there's a
0: lot of evil in Hollywood. I wonder why James Woods isn't working today. (laughs) That's a great answer.
1: Multiply your worst fears by one hundred. Wait, wait. (laughs) Oh my god. It's a hundred times I mean, I really think it's bad.
0: Well, the stories on the set of The Lost Boys. Yeah. Hmm. Athelstan, I love Mel Gibson's movies. The ones he directs are even better than his acting roles. I think it's impressive that he puts his faith first in his art in an environment that hates it. However, I'm conflicted by his seething hatred of the English as portrayed in The Patriot, Gallipoli, and Braveheart, not to mention the stuff he said to his ex-girlfriend. Clearly a conflicted man who hopefully finds grace. Oh, I think that's wow. actually a very good take on it. Authentic Scott. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and Aussie. I mean, I don't know if anyone's familiar I, I, with the concept I, of £10 POM. but I
1: actually looked him up. He only went to Australia when he was 12. Hmm. So he's you know, not really an authentic
0: Australian. But he is raised in the culture at the time where the sure. Australians were very hostile to the English because there was a lot of English immigration over to Australia. Right. right. But there was, there was the phrase that was repeated, and, and I, I know this was a common sentiment because I've got family that went from England to Australia. It was a phrase repeated in a recent BBC drama and there was an Australian man talking to uh, an Englishman who'd come over for work and he said, do you have black people in England? And he said, yeah. And he said, over here, the English are the blacks. <coughs> that was the attitude. So, might be a source of it. Joan of Arc. Somehow, when Mel Gibson talked about being an outsider in that clip, I don't think he was talking about being an immigrant. He's an Australian, if me- memory serves. Sort of.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, that was, that's not what I meant. You know, mm. as in he's not part of the culture.
0: Yes. The man does also seem to have a complex around his father. When he's sober, he usually doesn't say the most anti-Semitic drivel. But when he's drunk, he spits out everything old man Gibson believed. Same, <laughs> I don't know what that... Same with said Seda... Said bang? Back a, I can't pronounce that word. On an award show several years ago, Robert Downey Jr. ripped into Hollywood for their hypocrisy, R.E. Mel Gibson, and I got the impression Gibson might well have supported Downey's rehab. The only rumour I'd heard about any new movie out of Gibson was it was going to make one about the casting couch specifically for paedophiles. Um, it was interesting, Robert Downey Jr. as well evaded cancellation because it was suggested he was the leaked insider that was blowing the whistle on child abuse at Nickelodeon. Oh, really? Yeah, because Dan Schneider... He's the guy who ran pretty much all the Nickelodeon kid shows. That's why the logo was a foot. And in all of the kid shows, there was a lot of foot stuff. He had a foot-shaped swimming pool. And Jeanette McCurdy, in her recent book, alludes to the fact that she was abused by a senior executive at Nickelodeon, which is why she had a horrible time as a child actor. Okay. Yes. All allegations, of course. We wouldn't libel anything. Um, On the second segment. Athelston, the most harrowing statistic is the 40% suicide rate, both before and after operation. We'll get into that. I think Josh wants to do contemplations on the stats at some point, but roughly about right. So the operation doesn't reduce the chance of suicide, and yet we've continued to push children down the path of an almost one-in-two suicide rate. Lord Nerevar, I totally understand the need to take issues like the trans one step at a time, but we also need to be looking ahead now. I'm afraid we aren't going to have very long to enjoy the victory of banning surgeries, although I enjoy it while I still can. We have to advocate against it in schools, for restitution for affected people, and for prosecution of those pushing it on children. We have to nuke the ideology from orbit. I said this to my dad. We're in a race against time, mm. legislatively, against technology, because what's going to win out? Is everywhere all at once going to ban this practice, or are you going to get artificial wombs and 3D-printed meat appendages first? I fear it's going to be the second. Gross. Yeah, I'm worried it's going to the transhumanism is going to win out. Um, Diogenes, they should frame TikTok as a drug. It is not social media. It's a heavily refined and targeted addictive substance with advertising and reinforced behavioral loops tailor made to each user. If like it's like if cigarettes were marketed that like that Black Mirror episode where you're constantly surrounded by screens and have to skip ads. It's the 50 million merits. Yeah, it's very clear this shouldn't be allowed to exist. Yeah, when I say that about pornography, everyone gets upset. (laughs) Ross Diggle, kill two birds with one stone, boat people on the cruise ships, drag queen story hour, provide the entertainment, whoever survives is allowed to return, if they can make the swim from Iceland. (laughs) That would be quite funny, because isn't there at the moment a mass protest movement from Armenian parents in the US that got attacked by Antifa because they said, wait, you're putting this stuff in our kids' schools? Uh, We're Islamic, we don't like that very much, thank you. No, the
1: Armenians are Christian. Oh, are they? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. There we go.
1: That's why the Turks persecuted them.
0: Ah, that does make sense. Joan of Arc ever notice that when it requires consenting to sex 15 to 17 year olds equal teenagers young adults whatever but when the left needs to pull at the heartstrings their kids yep well they want to make that age flexible as well yep because if you can consent to one mutilation of your genitals you can consent to something else in their logic which I of course do not agree with because I am not a not Omar what? the difference between uh, Clitorectomies and trans surgery is marketing. The only thing left after trans egg cracking is the shell. Nobody wants your genocide-affirming care, seethed, and, and cope.
1: I got into this with bloody what's that fat historian guy, Mike. Can't remember his surname now. Fat historian. The the fat middle school history teacher who's now like a woke activist got into it with Tommy Robinson. Oh, I'm not.
0: I, I can't I remember his surname. remember this, right?
1: But, but. but anyway, he. someone had posted um a meme that was uh elliot page wearing the you know defend trans kids and someone had just rechanged the text to uh, you know castrate or autistic kids or something like that because that's what they're doing and then he was like no look at them promoting nazi ideology it's like no they're just saying call a thing what it is that's what's happening yeah you're the one who's in favor of
0: it
1: lunatic Ah, that's gross
0: Captain Charlie the Beagle. Connor, I sympathise with your despair regarding not affording a house in your ancestral home. I'm in the same situation. I'm being passed out of the markets of my community as well. And I live in a seaside town on a major city. Hold fast. Things have to improve, I hope.
1: Just The numbers have to go down.
0: Yeah. Brian, man who shares my last name. Good man. When a large boat full of ponces arrive in Kent, Labour see new voters. Tory see GDP and the Lib Dems see new boyfriends. <laughs> It is it is yep. I'm glad Reform UK have at least adopted the framing of net zero migration. That is it's net
1: zero is not enough. Zero. Absolute zero. Net zero implies that the the number of people in the country doesn't change.
0: Right. Okay. It has to be absolute zero. A total moratoriums so there's an outflow. There's an outflow. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Jonathan Crow. I absolutely feel like I've been mugged. The economy is in an utter state, as it is, but it's absolutely never enough for these plutocrats. Everything they do appears aimed towards enslaving us. I don't see anything changing soon, and with all the black pills as of late, part of me is wondering how bad it has to become before something snaps. Great question. It will only get worse. Tyler T, I'm not even in the UK in this segment that's causing me pain. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Wasn't it's just fun.
1: so insufferable.
0: Uh, Anonymy. Everyone who signed up to give their bedroom to Ukrainian has now a permanently registered. Has now permanently registered to the government that they can host someone. That's a good point. Yeah,
1: that is a good point.
0: Have you? I forget what this is. New York have started suggesting that you should rent out your bedrooms to the new migrants coming across the border. Oh, really? Yeah, and this was apparently uh, inspired by the original UK bedroom tax that said if you're not using a spare bedroom, you should be increasingly taxed for it insufferable I need to look into that before I explain more yeah. but I've heard that this week and I it's, haven't. it's mad um, anyway we're running up on the end of the show so thanks very much for watching you can catch us again on Monday at one o'clock we've got some live streams as well at the end of the week that we'll be announcing so until then have a good weekend take care and goodbye